Hello again, and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. We're going to have a really big show today. That's my friend Louie there on the recording. Um, we're going to give a little update here about him uh, very shortly. Uh, but before we do that, uh, to my left here, we've got Alan McFarlane returning. Hey. Go follow uh, Laughing Repertarian. Uh, that show launches in January, I believe, sir. Yes. Hopefully, yeah. Sweet. Um, and over here to my right, I've got my father back again to give us the message this week, Gary Moore. How y'all doing? All right. Um, <clears throat> you can keep track of me on More on the More on YouTube. Absolutely. He gives the message. A word from the word. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we're going to start the show off here uh, with the update from Louie, I think, uh, just before we, we dive into prayer. Absolutely. Um, uh, so I went and picked up uh, Louie from the hospital today. Um, big triumph. Got his gallbladder taken out. Um, he's he's in considerably more pain than he was bef- before it was taken out because I know that it was a lot of pain leading up to the surgery, um, but he's uh, he's uh, not not uh, got a uh, gallbladder ready to rupture in his body anymore. He had some complications early on. Uh, he had pancreatitis, and they had to wait for that to calm down uh, before they could go into the surgery. So he was in the hospital almost ten days, almost ten days. But the surgery got done today. He's got four new uh, scars to talk about and, uh, and uh, you know, outdo us guys with scar stories. <laughs> and he got a little bit of weight loss out yeah, of it. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And, yeah, so he's I've at home. I had mine removed. I didn't have near the pain that he's, wow. he has struggled with, but I didn't have the pancreatitis to deal with. Yeah, that's yeah. awful. I just have a pickled liver now. And uh, when feels, I – feels good. <laughs> My liver's more drunk than I am. <laughs> And so uh, before we left, before I left, rather, uh, I said prayer with him. And uh, he hadn't got a chance to actually watch the show while he was in the hospital. He was pretty upset about that. And uh, so I, I, I gave him the, the link for his television, and uh, he was actually watching episode one before he left the house, before I left the house. So um, so he's at home trying to recover, got a heating pad. His wife's taking care of him. It, it's absolutely a blessing to know that he's home and he's okay. Um with that, we're going to move on over into the prayer over the message. Blessed Heavenly Father, we give you praise going on our first for our salvation. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to sit down at, with this podcast with uh, Josh and Alan and uh, Stu on the, in the producer chair. Lord, just let this be a good show. Let us come across as we need to, Lord, for those that uh, are struggling in their walk. Please allow the word to go forth and touch their hearts the way it needs to, Lord, and just let us have a good show tonight. We ask all of this in Jesus' blessed and holy name. Amen. 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 So, Dad, what's what's the, the title for our message tonight? Man. Teach us. Teach us, yes. Sir. Teach us, Brother Gary. I, I got taught. The message title is, Are You a Good Neighbor? Are you a good neighbor? Are you a good neighbor, Josh? Like State Farm. Oh man, now Alan, are you a good neighbor? Well, he already just—he straight up jacked what I was going to say. So, so. Well, I, I'm sorry, Jake. Well, not like a good neighbor, <laughs> Alan is there. <laughs> Knock on wood <laughs> for the other one. Um, uh, probably a little better than a month ago, and that's one of the uh, things that'll lead us into our family portion. But I found out what type of neighbor I was, and I believe we all believe that we are good neighbors. But how does the Bible define a good neighbor? Now, the two greatest commandments in Scripture 
is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. So I think we can pretty much go through and say, just on that commandment alone, I don't think we love our neighbors the way we love ourselves. I think we can all agree to that. Yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. All righty. In Luke chapter 10, we'll start at verse 30. This is Luke chapter 10, verse 30. And uh, just leading up to it, a lawyer had, uh, you know, kind of tempted Jesus on on this matter. What were the great uh, commandments? And But he willing to justify himself, kind of, he asked Jesus the question, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered, answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, I can honestly say, can we see this in the plight of our society today that we've got a lot of people doing this same thing, not just in the city of Indianapolis, but yeah. across the country. Especially in this current climate, um, yeah, we've got a lot of people divided. Yes. From from uh, from the White House to the outhouse, we're divided. <laughs> I like that. Is there a difference? <laughs> <laughs> I have to give you Yeah. <laughs> those are fist bumps for those listening just on audio. Yes, uh, a round of fist bumps for that one. Yes, yes, and that see that's the bad part. I um, see right there we just broke the the second of the greatest commandments. Is we need to love the one that's there in the White House, whether he's politically correct or politically incorrect. But we'll pray for him. Yeah, you know, that's that's what we got to do with all of them. And uh, stripped him of his raiment, wounded him. And departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest, which is one of the elite elites of the preachers. So this is the ultimate televangelist that has come on the scene. And uh, nothing against TV evangelists. We're just saying that there is there is a specific type of premium person that has has come up to him. He sees him. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So he saw the attack, or well, didn't saw the result of the attack, and went to the other side of the street and said, I can't be nowhere near that. And I, I think we got a lot of neighbors that are kind of like, we see stuff going on, and we don't say nothing. Oh, well, they'll go right. as far as Did, just videotape it, and they'll stand there and watch it. Oh, that, that, too, nothing. That, that yeah. too. That's awful. Um, yeah. The bad part is, is a lot of people know about domestic violence. And we're really not looking out for our neighbors. So here we've got someone that just flat out didn't do anything. You know, kind of saw a body on the ground and went by. Uh, He was the other half of the hit and run. (laughs) Wow. And likewise, a Levite, which is, um, let's see here, your political analyst. Okay. Like a talking head. A a talking head. Uh, Okay. When he was at the place came and looked on him. So literally, he took the camera and said, we've got the shot. We're going to get you squared away, sir. This will be on all the major networks, and we will tell your story. We will tell the truth as seen through my eyes. But still not helping. Exactly. Uh, Came, looked on him, and passed by on the other side. So he kind of walked across the street, seen him, May have said something to him and then walked back across the street and kept going. So it sounds like the Levite was fake news. 
we can run with that one. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking salt, just self-serving. Yeah, yeah self-serving, <laughs> yes. Uh, but a certain Samaritan, and as, um, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And see, right now... I don't want. Let me finish reading because then Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure. gonna. Sure. I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna. I'm gonna end the story before I have a chance to get into the story. <laughs> and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in in oil and wine. Now let's just be perfectly clear: the wine that we are talking about is from the cluster. So for all you party animals out there, what wine Jesus created? came from the cluster. Look it up in Scripture. So it's closer so, to Welch's grape juice then, huh? Yes, exactly. Maybe not so much sugar, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Welch's, I believe, is supposed to be all natural. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to our producer for the fine intro of laughter in that moment. I hope you all enjoyed that as much as the rest of us. And set him on his beast and brought him to an inn it wasn't a Holiday Inn, I believe. It may have been a Motel 8. I'm not 100% oh, yeah. certain. <laughs> um, I'm not sure which one of them was around at that hey, time. As long as it came with a breakfast, I don't think he cared. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was just happy to be off the side and of in the, the road. Morning, I'm making waffles. waffles. <laughs> and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence. Now, this is $64. So we're talking a, a fair amount of money back then. Absolutely. And uh, he looked at, uh, gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do likewise. Now, what we see here, and it's one of the things that we had kind of talked about. Let me make sure I'm stay continued upon the mic. I don't want to get off, and you guys lose me. One of the things in First John chapter three, verse fifteen, and I want to bring this to a reality to you, um, because Jesus, when he looks at murder, he took it a step further. He took it to a step further. It says, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. I'm going to stop there for a minute. So literally, if you're looking at your neighbors, though, you little, you know. You really hate that guy. Yeah, you, yeah. once you throw that word in there, you have, in essence, became a murderer. Wow. That's kind of, that's kind of deep and hurtful. Yeah. I hope you all have your steel-toed shoes on. Otherwise, we're all going to be going out here shortly because that's the reality of it. We find ourselves in that state of mind. We've already seen the priest, the Levite, and then the Samaritan. Now, for for a Jew and a Samaritan, let's just go ahead and we'll put it into classes. Um, in today's society, we have inequality of the races. Now, based upon this Political point. Premise, yeah. On this premise here, a white person and a black person come together for a common goal. And it doesn't matter which one's hurt. I'm not saying which one's hurt. I'm saying one is hurt. But another one sees that person with compassion, picks him up, bounds his wounds. And this is the problem with our society today 
is we're not willing to help anyone but number one. Now, there are those that like to identify that the element that adjusts the level of your skin, um, that determines the compassion that you have. And I'm most certain that there will be some in the viewing audience that will understand where I'm going yeah. with that. Uh, well, that's, that drives home a point that I was talking with uh, a coworker earlier today, and we were talking about the, that very thing. Um, and I said, all that fades away. Because I was told all my life, never judge a book by its cover. Um, but but we could, we could go more more into depth than that on another date. But but the 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 point was: Are you a good person or are you a bad person? Just like MLK Junior said, you know, judge a man by his character. So it's: Are you a good person or are you a bad person? That's all I need to know. Yeah, and that's see, all that, I need that's, to know. that has been one of the greatest things is um, they have referenced a a statement that he has made in the past um, is that the voice of the mob ha- has value. I mean, and, and I, I have completely misquoted that, but they're saying, you know, he was, he was condoning the um, violent protest, the violent looting of a group of people. Um, I'm not going to overwhelm and jump into the different storylines because I believe we have touched on those. Yeah, a little and, bit. And um, I, I don't feel like we have a society that should be approaching things that way. Um, but one of the things that, uh, and see, this is where we're all we're all guilty, and this is the thing that you know I've got to that I had to deal with. First Timothy chapter one verse fifteen says, "This is a faithful saying that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners." Now, sinners, who qualifies as a sinner? Okay, well, what is a sinner? A sinner is an individual that's born of flesh. If you have come from a female womb, you are a sinner. And that sin came in through Adam and Eve. But now Romans, um, now, Paul goes through and says, of whom I am chief. Of whom I am chief. Now, Paul's going to go through and say that he's chief of sinners, and I ain't even worthy to clean the dirt off of Paul's shoes. I'm even lower on the ladder than him. And uh, so we find ourselves in this process, but God condemneth his, uh, commended, I'm sorry, not condemned, commended, he gave us his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we, we can't even manage... Um, no greater love, Christ Christ said, no greater love has a man than if he lay his life down for his friend. And that's what Christ did. And see, we we've we've uh, we alienate our uh, our military in today's society. We alienate the police, and and I think they're really handicapped. Um, do I think there are there are police that need a um, there needs to be improved training for certain aspects. Reform, um, reform for sure. Yeah, because we have drug drug usage that is going on now. That that the end result is is you've got people that don't want to get arrested, and so if they've got a bag of meth, 
they're if they can't they can't throw it out, they're not going to be able to hide it in the car. So what's the next place they can put it? And that's to ingest it. And then unfortunately, they're not going to say they ingested it, and then they got a problem. The police don't know. So when they finally berserk out and get uh, Thor type strength and start fighting and acting out, or, or worse, the, they've 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 put themselves in a very awful medical situation where they've OD'd and now they're... Well, that is, that is the end result. quickly and die in front of, the, you know, these police officers that have no, no knowledge no of knowledge. The, the drug and, use. And yeah. Then that process causes you to then have to... You have to review that stuff in a different fashion. But um, going on with what we've got here, are we holier than our neighbor? And I completely say it doesn't matter what type of neighbor. Um, I know for me, I have uh, I have been accused of being looking Latino. I've been accused of being too white. Back in the day, there was a such thing as called a hood. You wore a denim jacket with a zip-up hooded uh, hoodie um, underneath that. Those were the ones that usually smoked pot and cigarettes. So I, I kind of blended in with everyone. So I was everybody's neighbor. Um, and I kind of liked that. But you find yourself, if you're not, so, uh, well, let me kind of bring that into full perspective. Because I fit into so many groups, Bill Murray, when he was giving his speech in stripes, and I don't know if, how many of you have seen it? If you haven't seen it, I recommend seeing it. Spoiler alert. No, you can't spoil it. Okay, go ahead. But uh, in that scene, he kind of brushes up against everyone and says, hey, we're all Americans. We're all mutts. Americans are mutts. We're not one breed of anything. We're, we're multiple. We're mutts. And that's how I view things. Um, I don't throw any hyphens to who I am. I'm an American. Born here, I'll die here unless uh, the Lord sees fit that I need to be in the mission field to take care of my neighbors abroad. But one of the things in, uh, let's see here. So you're trying to find your next point there? Yes, okay. yes. While, while you you're looking, go through, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Go while ahead. you're looking, I, a couple of things I think is very interesting what you were saying there about being mutts. Right, there are a couple of things that really are only found in America. Uh, first of all, when it comes down to it, we are the only country that typically hyphenates our ancestors' uh, previous location. We, we're the only country that says Irish American, um, you know, English American, Native American, even things like that. We're the only country that does that. If for some reason, we want to grasp our roots, even though we don't necessarily have of have any skin in the game. As far as those roots. Uh, another thing that's really interesting about Americans and having such a different culture from each other and coming from different places is that that odd feeling you get when you smile, when you see someone you don't know and you guys kind of have an, share an awkward smile, but that's how we do it. Yeah. Um, that's, tip, that's typically an American thing. And that came about with so many people coming through Ellis Island from right. so many different locations, not knowing each other's language, that they would typically smile and nod. So that's traditionally an American thing as well, which uh, these are things that I've read that I thought was fairly interesting just going along with your point. And absolutely. I mean, uh, when, when, when you look at our society, um, 
there's a vast majority of us that will go through and that kind of falls into our political segment. And I'm not going to try not to go into that, but we, we have, we have found this new deal to where we used to look and say, our neighbor has the equal right to be successful. And now it's, if my neighbor makes it and I don't, I hate him for it. No. If he got out, you can get out. And if you're smart and you're a good enough neighbor to him, chances are he may bring you along with him. If he starts a million-dollar idea and he starts it in his garage, and if you're right there with him, guess what? Where are you at on that ladder? you a whole lot higher on that ladder than someone that gets on that ladder 10 years from now. Absolutely. And that's the whole notion of being a good neighbor. Now, granted, with the story that I've read, we, we are talking about a deeper subject. We're talking about life and death. Right. And um, so with that, and I'm not even remotely sure how close we are on our timeline, I, but all righty. We're getting the high fives. So What's I've got, got about another 10 minutes we can fill on this topic. But uh, the good thing is, is as we process into who is my neighbor, your neighbor is whomever you come in contact with. And I think everyone kind of forgets that. Um, I'm not discussing the individuals that are your friends on Facebook, Snapchat, yeah. Instagram, Twitter. Just yeah. because you have... 15,000 friends on Facebook. Air quote friends. Air quote friends. Yes, air quote friends on social media. That doesn't define them as a friend. Now, here's the reality of it. In today's society, in the last five years, only 34%, and I would have to double check check that, but I'm wanting to say it's less, actually, I believe it's less than 40% have made a new friend, a true friend, someone that you are willing that you will hang outside of work or you will go to dinner with with each other um, in the last five years. Now, for me, I kind of escaped that on the simple fact that I have changed jobs. I went from working at a glass manufacturer in their um, commercial metal department over into the union and have worked for two or three different companies in the process, um, working for the union themselves on whether it be job sites or, or um, shops in the uh, fabrication end of it. So with that stated, it has allowed me to kind of make friends that I have gone to lunch with. We've shared rides to Kokomo. You know, we split weeks and stuff. And the Kokomo is about a 45-minute drive, so it's so yes, or, so, or more. So yeah. you're in a car with... This other individual for well over an hour or so a day, you know, you're you're taking off at five o'clock in the morning to head for Kokomo to be on job, and so you you gain a relationship, and so ergo, taking a new job gives you the opportunity to make new friends. But how often do you put forth the effort to make a friend? Right. Do we really? try to find that new friend, that someone. And that's one of the things that Christ was saying. He says, don't, he in essence was saying, you know, never meet a stranger. I've given you all you need to have. If they, if, if they see that there's something different about you, 
they're going to want to get to know you. If you seem like you're a happy person, they're at least going to want to say hi. Yeah, well, they're going to say, what, what is making them so happy? I need yeah. some of that. <laughs> Toss some of that magic my way. Yes, exactly. Well, the great thing is, is uh, what God has for us isn't magic. It's something that's all inside right, each yeah, and every right. one of but us. That's and, what uh, most people's first thought is. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And beautiful thing is, is I, I believe I've never met a stranger. I've just met a friend or an acquaintance that I haven't got to know yet. Yeah. Um, I've been able to make conversations with individuals in line at the grocery store at Walmart. I think I think that I I don't want to speak out of line here, but I think I think everybody at this table has got that ability of being able to just make a friend wherever we're at. Uh, it, it, I, well, I, I I learned it directly from you by watching you. So then and then I in turn it drives the wife crazy, but. Uh, she's like, can you make meet one stranger? Just one, just, we got to go. We have to, we have places to be. And I'm like, no, there's things to talk about. We got to, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, the good thing is, is see for me, um, for several years, there wasn't any place that I went that I didn't meet someone I, I knew. Um, we took a trip. This has been several years back. Uh, my niece got married and in doing so, uh, we got the opportunity. Her father had cancer, so we took uh, their spot as to represent uh, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law at the wedding, and which was a beautiful thing. But we were down there. They went into one of the shops, and you know how ladies are. They like to go in all the clothing stores. Women be shopping, baby. Oh, yeah, women be shopping. <laughs> Can't stop a woman from shopping. <laughs> Get the whole Eddie Murphy sound going on in there. Actually, that wasn't Eddie Murphy. That was Dave Chappelle. Actually, that was yeah, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, as his character on the movie, oh, yes. though. Yeah. And uh, shameless plug for the uh, uh, Well, this is the first professor, one, professor, yeah. Nutty professor. Yeah. Uh, but gentleman just happened. His wife walked in and got to talking. He kind of looked familiar. I couldn't couldn't quite place where I'd seen him from. And oddly enough... Him and his wife were the parents of one of the guys I went to high school with. So I, I knew them, but I didn't know them. Yeah. So they knew they knew me like I knew them, which I'm sure the online audience is going, what exactly does that mean? It means, hi, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. My name's Gary Moore. So ergo, they, they know me. I played football with their son. So They knew of you. They knew they knew me. They didn't know me, yeah. and so running into him, he's like, we kind of start talking. He's like, I love being down here, but the wife's going to empty my wallet, and I says, <laughs> too late. My wife emptied the wallet before we had a chance to get to this destination. But that's a whole other story, <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> and but so. You know, we were sitting there talking for like 15, 20 minutes. And, you know, I talked about about his son and what they were doing and everything. And he's like, you know, he said, I never would have thought I'd have came to Gatlinburg and would have ran into someone from Kokomo. And I said, well, I said, I, there ain't too many places I go. I don't run into someone I know. It's a, it's a small world. A small world, yes. Disney doesn't have a... 
market on that one. That belongs open to source, man. That open source. belongs to all of us. Yeah, open source. But uh, checking once again for our time, I'll tell you what, I think we can go ahead and slide in. The yeah. reason that I brought this story up is because, um, like I said at the beginning of it, I found out that I wasn't as good of a neighbor as I thought I was. And to kind of bring this home, and not to get overly morbid, but I mean, you know, we're talking, the story talked about life and death. So my neighbor is, he had just gotten a Toro zero-turn mower. So let's just clear the air. This is a total Tim Allen uh, home improvement moment. So he is ecstatic to have this mower. It was completely excited for it. Um, last time I had talked to him, I'd gotten home from work. I'm in the, I'm still in the truck. I haven't even gotten out of the truck. He rides over after finishing the front yard. He's getting ready to head to the back. He says, here's my new mower. He's just grinning ear to ear. We're talking <laughs> and, uh, our conversations pretty much were on the basis of, uh, faith, politics, work. And that was the extent of it. He'd have fit right in on that show. Yes, it would, yeah. yes it would have. And, uh, and well, and guns. Uh, uh, that's welcome here, I mean, too. That, that all goes in there, too. Yeah. It's, all, it's all together there. Yeah. God, guns, and uh, an assortment of other things. <laughs> but uh, we hadn't seen him in, I was thinking, a couple weeks. And it may have been longer than that. Uh, Kim, my wife, Josh's mom, had been kind of concerned. It's like, I ain't seen him. I ain't seen him. He ain't cut his grass. And I said, well, I said, up there on the doors, a slip. They've treated his yard. He can't cut his grass since they've treated his yard. And uh, it's, it's been longer than that. And uh, so the whole time I'm sitting back going, man, I don't want to find the guy. I don't want to find him that way. And uh, so inevitably, it's like we come to the conclusion, there's an odor. We've got to check it out. Now, I am not... A mastermind at breaking into homes. I was cleared by the police of it, so, but I did break into the home. Um, I will not tell the secrets on how I broke into the home, but I was able to get in the home. It's through the chimney. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. No. Good old St. Nick. Yeah, no. Uh, him and I are on two different path lines. I haven't learned the trick to get down the chimney quite the way he does. Um, but I was able to get in the home. I've got the door. I've got... One of the doors ajar. I look over at one of the other neighbors, and I'm like, so as a community, are we full of grants? I need to go in. Someone needs to go in. She kind of looks over at my wife and one of the other neighbors. It's like, yeah, someone's got to go in. So in I go. I got to do what I got to do. He's got two or three cats. I I remember seeing three, but when everything was said and done, that's, that's a here and a there. Um, I found him on the floor, dead. He'd been dead a while. And um, so I kind of walked back out the door. The house is smelling smelling rank. He'd been dead a minute or two. And when I say a minute or two, we're talking a week or two. Relative term. Yeah. Relative term. Um, so, which, not only that, his I had found out that he carries a level of OCD. And to me, OCD is someone that has to have things a specific way. And usually they're a little bit on the neat freak side. I'm not going to say all OCD people are that way. 
it's just been my general understanding. Yeah, obsessive compulsive disorder is a, is a, it's a wild one. And uh, <clears throat> so, for me, it what I saw wasn't just a dead person, but was someone that was secretly crying for help and wasn't bothering to say anything to anyone that was communicating with them. So that's one of the things that kind of stemmed this message on, you know, are you a good neighbor? And I found myself kind of in a spot. And so many people kind of went through and said, man, you know, sorry you had to see that. I was like, I'm not. I needed to see that. If if you want to know what type of person you really are, uh, find someone you thought you had a good relationship with dead. And then you realize, I guess it wasn't as good as one as I thought it was. You know, we're not talking boyfriend, girlfriend, it's, you know, oh, my boyfriend disappeared for two or three days, and, well, he just does that. No, we're, we're talking um, someone you've been trying to keep track of to a certain degree. Um, we let him keep to himself, but to kind of bring this full circle, this is an individual that moved to Indiana from the West Coast. Or West Coast. I'm sorry, Robert. I know where he prefer. He's an East Coaster, so he likes his... Uh, he likes his uh, um, main uh, main lobster, yeah. his fresh seafood off the East Coast. Um, we had discussed that and doing some hunting uh, in other places, but I knew he was from the East Coast. You could hear it in his accent. Um, it wasn't quite a Bostonian-type accent. It was somewhere in the New England area. Yeah. But so that was part of our conversations, but... So he brings his wife here so she could be closer to her parents, which live one house. Um, I'm on one side of his house. His in-laws were on the other. Excuse me. And uh, her mother passes. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She passes. She ends up with cancer. And, I mean, in a short amount of time, she passes. His wife does. And then his mother-in-law his brother-in-law, his father-in-law. So now he is here in Indiana, um, in essence, by himself. Yeah, he's so got he, family He's got family on the East Coast. So he felt kind of like Atlas. He's got the weight of the world on him. Yeah. And uh, so, but see, that wasn't something that he was necessarily discussing. He wasn't passing that information along. But we weren't asking. We weren't really being the neighbors that we needed to be. You know, maybe he thought he was going to burden you if he did, you know. And that very well could have been. And, and um, so we we got information and we shared information, but it was never to the extent that maybe it should have been. Um, now, that doesn't mean that, you know, we all need to, you know, jump into the colleges and all, all get a bachelor's or a certificate <laughs> on psychology. No, but we, <laughs> we can be an ear. Yeah, we can, we can be a better ear we, than we, what we, we have. Because I, I think I can also speak for everybody at this table. I think oversharing is okay. Please, if you feel like you've got something that is just eating at you, overshare with anybody at this table. I, I think I think that's okay with everybody here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> unburden yourself with, with everything because – there's there's nothing worse than carrying a lot of that stuff, a lot of that weight, um, especially if it's like you know we're talking. We we discussed it last week, uh, talking about the weight of suicidal thoughts, and and you know, I can't you know, 
I've went through some of those thoughts myself over the years. Uh, and, and, but there was, I learned to overshare even, even if it was uncomfortable because if someone's listening, they're going to, they're going to be a sound, even if it's bad advice, you're still unloading that feeling, unloading those thoughts. And, um, you know, like I said, even if it's bad advice, you're still unburdening yourself. You're pulling that weight up just a little yeah. bit. I mean, we're social creatures. So, Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, no matter how you feel, like a, how much you feel like a, a loner or anything like that, at the end of the day, all of us, no matter how introverted, we are social creatures. And that's how we, we learn. And that's how we, you know, benefit emotionally as well. Yeah. Message the show. Message us as individuals. I'll, I'll, I'll make time to, to get on a phone call personally. I Absolutely. Know. Absolutely. Um, Alan, uh, do you have a good uh, neighbor story for us? Uh, well, you know, when it comes to neighbors, I bought my house and I've had kind of a carousel of renters. I'm watching your hand movements there. Oh, I, I'm just pulling my, your my, I did a little <laughs> more slack on the headphones there. I'm so like, that, sorry about that. I was that. trying to figure out your fingers were moving around. I was like, okay, uh, rewind I've got, it. You I've got to back a it up? cup. Full, or nearly a cup full of coffee in me now, so... Okay, they, I was trying to figure out if I had to go back to the game. Like, if you want to go... Yeah, My obsessive... Well, not obsessive, but uh, my uh, ADHD uh, is is uh, kicking in pretty hard. Nice. Yeah, caffeine adds to it, so... So, where... <laughs> yeah, so, go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. absolutely. I'm on it. I'm on it. Um, I had kind of a carousel of uh, renters next door to me. And, you know, that is a... It's a roller coaster, to say the least. You know, you're one, one year, you're like... Hey, these guys are. These, I, I don't want to go outside. I really don't want to interact with these people at all. And then the next people come in, and you're like, "Man, these these guys are fantastic. I hope they stay forever. I want them to buy this house. What's it going to take for them to buy this house?" Yeah, you know. And um, it's hard. I always want to be a good neighbor. And so, luckily, one side of me, a guy came in and actually bought the house. And I've got to kind of build a relationship with him. Well, he and his wife. Those are fantastic. They're fantastic people. And then still have the rental on the other side. And so uh, it's just, that's one of the worst. It's not a bad feeling because, you know, oh, how does it affect my property value or, oh, this or that. It's nothing like that. You know, it's just literally like, and it's not the fact that I want to be able to say it's a, a foundation of who's next to me. And I know who's next to me all the time. It's a simple fact that, you know, you want your neighbors to be people in a pinch. If for some reason something happened to me, I'd love to have a neighbor know that he came in my house and he came in, opened my door, made sure I was okay. And likewise, I want to make sure I have somebody next door that that I can I, I would go help, for instance. Yeah. And um, I really and, that, and in that case, I don't know if I'm actually the best neighbor. I guess it changes year to year to year, right? Whenever <laughs> that whenever that lease is up and they sign a new lease, um, I have to then reevaluate whether or not I'm a good neighbor. Yeah. Uh, and and this last wave of neighbors I had, I felt kind of bad because they'd actually sold the house. The house actually burned. Uh, the owners I knew the owners of the house. Man, and they said, you know, we were just going to go ahead and sell the house we're living in, and just move back into this one. That was their first house. Yeah, they were just renting it out, and they they sold it instead. Unfortunately, a whole bunch of young people moved in, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about young people. I was a young person. All of us were young people. Absolutely. Um, and just you know, unfortunately, what comes with being young typically is that you don't think so much about everybody else yet. You're not at that point yet. You're you just you, know everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know everything, and and your whole world revolve is about your whole world goes to the extent of your fingertips. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Uh, versus everybody else, you know, when you have kids, obviously that's an extension. When you have a house, that's an extension that takes you out past your fingertips and the tips and things that matter. Um, 
and yeah, I had a whole house full of people who were, who were very self-centered. Um, couldn't talk to them about anything. And I didn't have as many problems with them, but the neighbor on the other side of them did. Yeah. And again, I knew all the foundational neighbors. Yeah. So one day I come home, neighbor on the other side kind of brings me over and he kind of pulls me aside, but we're right in front of the middle neighbor's house, right? Where the young people are. And he's telling me, Hey, I don't trust these people. These people call me names. They do this and that and the other thing. And, and meanwhile, one of them comes to the door and just starts staring at us. And we're in front of this house on the public sidewalk. And I'm like, this is great. I'm going to get drawn into this drama. Right. (laughs) And you know, that guy never came out and said anything to me, but as soon as I went back to my house, he stepped out and started yelling at the other neighbor Mm. and calling him all kinds of names, calling him just, just childish names. You know, these are all adults. And actually, the other neighbors, former military, you know, servicemen. And so to hear him say these kinds of things, what can you do, right? Luckily, they're gone now. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I guess I rambled there. But the whole point is when you have a rental next door, and it kind of puts me in the position to try to figure out every year whether or not I'm a good neighbor. Yeah. Well, if, if they're difficult, pray for them. Right. <laughs> right? God, <laughs> please take care of them. Like, yes, I'm, just, I'm not going to call the police on them. If teach it them a lesson. I'm one of those two. Again, I'm a libertarian, so if it doesn't affect me directly, I don't care. You know, <laughs> uh, you know what? If, uh, if you're out which, here. Which, in turn, you know, is, is something you still got to work on just on the simple fact that in the end, um, the dynamics of a neighborhood involve everyone from, the, from one end of the street to the other and realistically even two or three blocks away. Um, a family that's, well... In this situation, you're a west sider, and uh, Josh is more of a southeast sider than I am. But we're uh, we're in essence both still south side, southeast siders for Marion County, um, on the basis of Marion County. Um, you're Beach Grove, I'm yeah. uh, southeast side Indy. But when you look at it, that I still have to view anyone that's on the west side as being a neighbor and. Um, I want all the communities in a in a county in a city to to thrive and be successful because when everyone's successful, we're all pulling in. Um, one of the greatest things about the city of Indianapolis is when big events come here, people are excited. When we had the Super Bowl here, people raved about it. They hated. They absolutely hated. Well, when they it was they in strongly Texas. disliked. <laughs> we were talking about the I, I, weight of that yes, word, so the yes, strongly the disliked. Well, <laughs> I think there's a family that lost a father and a son in the ice storm that took place down there when the ice came off of one of the stadiums that was down there. Um, I believe they both died. Um, could have been just seriously injured, but I was thinking I remember the report was is that they were dead and um, that they had died. Either way, it sucks. Yes. Um, tragic. But all the events were over like two or three cities. It wasn't in one area. And so with that stated, they were like, you know, this is ridiculous. We've got, you've got the media group that's in one town, and then we've either got to go north or south for different events. We're not in one central location. You can walk so, everywhere you need to be. Yeah. You know? we, had, we had the hotels, um, the entertainment establishments that uh, – are very spirited for those that uh, require extra spirit. Um, great pizza joints that are downtown. Um, you have your high-end restaurants that have the glorious exotic meats of, uh, of the world. Um, 
in more than two or three places down there. And you just had, you had, and, it, and then of course it the, was a the good weather, place to be. The weather, yeah, the weather, was, the, the weather broke our was, way. The, <laughs> Normally, the, it's very cold around yeah, that time of when, year for us. For, so. for us, it's very cold. But they got to see the type of neighbor Indiana was and Indianapolis was. Um, everyone raved. They loved spending money. Everyone came to Indy. Um, even people, there was people from South Bend, Gary, um, I'm sure there was people from Cleveland that had come down. I mean, um, yeah, they're, they're from all over the state, neighboring all states, over states, for sure. neighboring but states. But the Midwest probably, in general, yeah. for sure, is all coming you here. Know, and because it was here. Um, Chicago's they, has enjoyed having those types of events, but they call us flyover states, but they yeah. forget that we're the backbone. They forget yeah, we're, that we're, we are the good neighbors. Right. We're, we're not ready for the political portion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, um, yes. So, so when you go through and you look at, you know, when you say, who is my neighbor and how should I treat my neighbor? You need to constantly keep that in mind is, um, your neighbor just isn't the house that's next to you. It's even further than that. When, uh, when we look at the plight of the hospitals and um, and those that are sick and afflicted, um, we've kind of got to look at them. It's like that's someone's brother, mother, father, sister, aunt, uncle, and they've got someone they'd all like to go home to. Um, so when we, as, as believers, um, one of the things that God is asking us to do is is to to speak on their behalf first and foremost, that they receive salvation, but that um, God being the great physician that he is, he's willing to say, I hear you, and I feel the love that you have for this individual, and I'm going to do something about it. And the mascot <laughs> feels the same way. It's share the love. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and, and which to that. Which is not limited to Toyota. <laughs> It's the share the love event for all of us. <laughs> the, so to, to that point, uh, talking about neighbors, um, for those watching on video, you'll notice, and, and well, you may even notice uh, on audio as well, um, uh, a neighbor of ours is, is not here with us. Uh, uh, if you had seen the promo on our Facebook page, uh, Donald Martyr, uh, he's not here tonight. His, uh, his wife um, needs prayers. Um, he's, he's spending time with her and making sure that she's okay. Um, and I think when we close the show with prayer at the end, uh, we'll make sure and add that in, um, and, and it's long <clears throat> as well. We'll, we'll add a prayer in for, uh, for Louie as well, uh, to, so he can get his healing. Um, so as far as the, the neighbor story for me, uh, I, I, I want to go with, uh, it's, it's interesting that you talked about, uh, I mean, it went the way it was going to go, but lawn mowing. Um, so, um, I had never owned a home until 2014, and uh, what? Oh, uh, Journey is giving Alan a hard time here. Um, Journey, go to the bed. mascot is <laughs> showing extra love. <laughs> she's identifying how special love. She's like camping. You are. Uh, she's like camping. She's intense. Journey, go to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, we first moved in uh, to to our home here in Beach Grove. Um, the first neighbor to ever greet me uh, is now my boss. Uh, and and to, to fill in that gap there, 
there was a time that he was uh, not feeling so well. He wasn't doing so hot. And, and there was a stretch for about two years, actually. He was going through this. Uh, it turns out it was a uh, some kind of an allergy or something like that. And, and now that he eats more healthy, he's, he's okay. But um, he, he took that with him when he started his company. And I, I, I actually, you know, I work for him now. But when, <clears throat> when he uh, had seen, you know, that I was just taking care of his yard and I didn't ask anything back, uh, he was like, okay, you know, I know that you're into computers a little bit. And our job happens to actually do that. Um, would you be interested? And I'm like, I can come in for an interview. And I was looking for another job anyhow. And, yeah, and, and I went in for an interview, and, and it, they were like, oh, yeah, we'll call you back uh, <laughs> in about a week or a few days or something like that. I don't know. I was just I was just super nervous. But it turns out that um, not only did that good word of being a good neighbor – have some weight to it, but uh, I I actually related to everyone in during my interview, uh, and and became very neighborly very quickly with all of them, uh, and and uh, I get to carry those relationships even to, into now, um, and so it's, it's really fantastic that you know something as small as because Beach Grove yards are rinky dinky. It takes me fifteen more minutes. To, to, to cackle another yard, no big deal. I'm already out there sweating anyway. I, I need the steps. <laughs> uh, now, if someone were to want to upgrade him to a a uh, zero turn, he could double that yardage very rapidly and probably clear uh, the front yards of. I, I think all I'm well. En- I, I, I think I'm well enough off at, at this point, financially speaking. I I, I think uh, that I can hire some 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 youngsters in the neighborhood and <laughs> let them have at it. That's uh, what you say. I had a couple of kids pull up, and I was like, "Great, this is great. They're going to mow my grass. They have a push mower. They have a little wagon, a blower, and a trimmer." And I was I started to pull out thirty dollars. I was like, "Hey, kiddos, okay, you want to mow some grass? Here's thirty bucks." Kid looked at me right in the eye and said, "Sir, I'm sorry, we don't mow for less than 50." Wow, <laughs> <laughs> he's not a good neighbor. <laughs> wow, inflation, I guess. Uh, I might would <clears throat> go as far as to say is that is someone that has seen the empire. Yeah, well, and, yeah. and likewise though, I was out doing some stonework and things out around my driveway and my my walkway. No joke, I'm on my hands and knees. I'm digging up everything and kind of laying everything out to put my stones in. This young man goes walking by. I mean, he's probably 10, 11 years old. And he goes, sir, I see you're out here doing some work. I would love to learn. And uh, I would come over here and work if you just pay me a little bit for my time. And I was like, you know, as much as I really wanted to ask him to go ahead and get in there, because you want to cultivate that, right? That's something you don't find. Exactly. He came up and he was like, a little bit of money, I want to learn. And I'm like, man, I I really am almost done. (laughs) You know, there really isn't a whole lot to teach or to pay for. Yeah, and I felt awful because I, but I did tell him I was like, "This right here is exactly the ambition you're supposed to have in life." And you know, don't let the fact that I'm saying not right now mean never come out and do it again. Exactly, exactly, and and that's the part. I, um, now to tell one on Alan, I mean, because we were uh, neighbors to him as you guys were growing up. We all were neighbors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah, even uh, the, the the guy that's not here, Donald, he was he was part of the neighborhood. He was, yeah. he was there with uh, us. Yeah, so. Um, there was, uh, I, I would say we we did everything we could to to keep everyone as as right as rain in the neighborhood, <laughs> as, <laughs> as as reasonable as possible. Yeah. Um, 
you guys were still kids and were going to do what you were going to do regardless. <laughs> That's but, a nice way to put it. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate it. So to say the least, I mean, we're, we are looking at a society that they want to say a portion of the neighbors have greater value than other portions of the neighbors. Well, the prayer of Jabez runs like this. Now, Jabez asked for protection, a hedge of protection. So we, we in, so, uh, in so many other places, they build walls for protection. You've got um, high-dollar communities that are called gated communities. Um, we're going to build they, a wall. We're going to build a wall. Mm. It's going to be great. Well, we've got societies that have built walls to separate well, not separate, divide. Mm, yeah. Divide. And there's good walls and bad walls. You yeah. got good walls can make good good walls and good fences can make good neighbors and it can also make even greater enemies on the basis of how you treat the walls that you build. Um and I think that's one of the things that we've got to get back to. We were a society and I mean we had our bumps in the road. The what took place as we were getting started as a nation truly shows the struggles that we've had and the battles that we've went through. We have done our best to get to be a society that others want to be here because of what we have grown. So when you've got people going through saying uh, we are a, a hated or a, a, a country of hatred. Not even close. Not even remotely I'd, invi- I'd invite anyone who says that to try 20 minutes in another country. We'll see how that pans yes, out for them. Yes, yes. Like I always like to say to people, for anything that has to do with our country, there's a reason why we have exponentially more people coming in than we have leaving every year. Absolutely. If, if all of these negative things were true of our country, how many people would come Versus how many people are leaving, and there are country there are countries in Africa, for instance, who are reaching out to African Americans uh, here and saying, "Hey, come here, come home. We'll help pay to get you here. We'll help you out because they want the skills and they want the money to come there, right?" But no one's leaving, and yet, how many people came across the border this last month? I'd had to pull those numbers, but that that is that's neither here nor there. The numbers are. Are amazing. How many people come into the country? I think I think we can we can have uh, our producer look that up. Yeah, Sorry. let's put some work on him. Yeah. There he goes. Yeah. He's on it. He's on it. He's looking that up. So sorry, guys. Sorry. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No. This see. This is a perfect deal. We. I don't have a problem with people wanting to come to America to find their American dream. Absolutely. Um, I I love the dreamers. Dream the dreams. Grow the businesses. Exceed. Because if you come in and with a skill that can grow, and I think that's one of the things that merit. a, a yeah, uh, merit a president that we had identified and said, you know, um, if you've got skills that are going to improve yourself and improve the state of our country, come. We want you. We want those that have a head on their shoulders. Um, in a book that my cousin, and I'm going to kind of get a little bit off topic, but there's a point to it that can kind of blend in with this. 
the type of people that we desire to see and, and we desire all people to be um, that are in this country because we want entrepreneurs. We want people that are thinkers. Um, we can't all be business owners. Some of us are just bred to be workers, and we're okay with that. Um, we don't need overeducated. One of the things that was in the book on how to give an interview was to ask the question, how many quarters can you stack up to reach the top of the Empire State Building? Now, I'm standing in a group of about 15 people, and they're all just kind of fumbling around, can't even remotely think on this. And my mind has already processed that I'm looking at 120 quarters per floor, right? Yeah, 120. Because Math is not my strong suit, so whatever you say is going to – I'm not going to fact check you on it. <laughs> okay. Well, a quarter is about an inch so. in height. So if you're looking at the face of So we'll say that's, it's – That's that an number. inch tall. Yeah. So you're talking 12 per foot. 25.4 millimeters. So um, we we don't need to get into the over-specifics. Over the inch works well. The inch works wonderful here in America. Our, our fraction system – Works wonders. We calculate it in a calculus fashion so greatly. <laughs> but just just with the notion that within him completing the statement, I'm going, okay, well, you're at 120, but you're at, uh, you know, 10 floors up. You're, you're at 1,200 or 12,000. Um, I can't remember. You know. Um, now my now my math isn't looking near as small. Oh, you're doing new math then. <laughs> no, the, I don't have enough boxes or enough time. We'd be putting it up here on the wall. I said, so you got to do this and do this and do this box and do that box, and every place gets a spot. But um, no. So to this your point, is, this is the part of our education that is. Uh, so I can make a cup of coffee faster than they can do their math. But. With that mindset, that is, that is, if you're the type of person that immediately can, you picture the quarter in your head and you say, okay, that's about an inch. Okay, that's 12 quarters per foot, yada, yada. That type of a mindset is someone that is looking to achieve, someone that's looking to succeed, and someone that will profit. Problem solver. Yeah, problem, problem solver. Yeah. And see, that's what we want. We want those individuals here in the United States that want success, not at the expense of destroying someone else. We want you to love your neighbor because he could be your employee or he could be your boss, one or the other. And that's kind of a harsh reality, you know. That history, you know, nothing's worse than being on the interstate. You're headed for an interview. You're running behind only to find out that the guy you've been honking and flipped off three times is the guy that's interviewing you for the job you're wanting. <laughs> right. That's, that's actually quite interesting that you should talk about that. Not flipping off, but <laughs> I did get into a speeding match with with a guy one time, and uh, we, were, we, were, we were heading uh, down south, uh, and we were going to a wedding, uh, Laura and I, and uh, we kept passing this guy. And I'm like, what is this guy's deal? And it, every time we turned, I'm like, there's no way we're going to the same place. So I, I just, I kept like, okay, well, he's, he's at some point he's turning off. We're going our, our separate ways. And it never happened. And, and we actually pull into the same place. We're going to my, my nephew's wedding. And we both get out of the car and we, we just, we say nothing 
for for the wedding, the whole time. Kind of like we're looking at each other as we're as we're all you know kind of getting out of the parking lot. We're all leaving. We're actually walking out at the same time. So now we're doing the same thing that we were doing on the highway. We're trying to like get around each other, get back to our vehicles. And I was like, you know what? This is silly. I'm just gonna say, you know, if hey, if we if we'd have known that we were coming to the same place, we wouldn't have acted that way, would we? And he, and he said no. And then we had a conversation. So we got to be got to be a little bit of a neighborly conversation. It worked out. We just nod. Say, well, hey, see you at the next roundabout. <laughs> yeah, see you at the next roundabout. <laughs> now, in that situation, now for me, when I I ran run into those situations, I I am not going to say, and others have said it. I won't say that I am a walking, talking GPS, but I can get myself anywhere I need to go. Yeah, Gary to. positioning uh, services. Yeah, yes, uh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I have worked well for for some of his trips. Yeah, but um, I, I get lost in a paper bag, so which is pretty bad. There's one way in, one way out. I have no sense of direction. But uh, so I I get into that situation. My mindset's like, man, if they turn the direction, I'm going straight. I can find another. There'll be another street that's going to turn down that way, and uh, so uh, to say the least, we want people in the United States that desire strength, that desire that willingness to win. Those that are leaving these third world countries see that what is taking place there. Just doesn't feel like they're driven. They they're willing to go through the process the right for, way. For, for they're Central willing to Central America to build up. It doesn't feel like up. familia. Yeah, it doesn't. It no longer feels like family. And I, I'm sure at one point it did, but um, it has uh, with the drug issues and other stuff, and and the neighborhoods just going to pot, and then. And then the you know upper realms of the of politicians. Yeah, I mean, and uh, hopefully Alan's next round of renters is you know some good immigrants that's got merit and <laughs> they got a small business. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and they make good food and they're like, hey, you want to come over? And <clears throat> absolutely. That, no, that, now see, there you go. This is, yeah, that wouldn't be too bad. It's like she's run, you know, she starts that food truck out of the back of the van. I've I've been on a few paint job sites. Um, back in the day, and and some mirror delivery jobs where you see a panel van pull up, and uh, she'll run a slide. Coolers will come out, and uh, she'll have a, a flat top so she can heat up the tortillas, and and go to town. She's got the meat. And I everything. need this to be my neighbor. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not for myself, but for for the wife. She loves. Unfortunately, tortillas. I'm on the third floor watching this all go down. It's like, oh man. I can't lie though. Really good. Having a plethora of runners like that, you do actually get several, several little bits of experience, right? So like yeah. this runner, you know, teaches you. I had one runner teach me all about like antiques and things to look for when you're going past a, a yard sale because he actually had a booth. Well, Gary V. Type, this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then the next person showed me what happens if you, you know, use meth. Uh, <laughs> and, and then I get someone who's quiet. And uh, you get a little conversation with him, find out he's a very mechanical person, teaches some nice handy skills. Yeah. And then the next person is an alcoholic, and you find out exactly what the line between a misdemeanor and a felony is. <laughs> so, you know, you get a lot. Everyone has something to offer. All right. <laughs> well, well, Sterling, are we able to find those note, numbers? Did we find those notes? Yeah, did we find them? Able to look at 
1.98 million. 1.98 million. I wonder how few left. How many? How how few actually left? Yeah. Well, I venture to right, say well, and, none of them did. And how many of those do you think are going to make their court date in three years? Uh, <laughs> oh, there's that. <laughs> uh, uh, so no. uh, yeah, so I, I think like, I think I can Thank roll you, us sir. right into the political portion. Um, so first story up, it's actually an update from last week. So last week we talked about uh, Chris Cuomo on the outs with CNN. Um, <laughs> thing after thing after thing. I, I mean, I, I'm sure that Brian Stetzer or Stelter, I can't say his name properly and I don't care. His, his, his show is called Reliable Sources, as if that's true. Um, well, I just could not say, say enough because he record, wanted his time slot. <laughs> I, I'll say for the record, I'm glad he was there for his brother. Right yeah. or wrong, he, he was did. There he for, did love his he brother. Was there he did love family. his brother. He's got that. And I can't say that I wouldn't do the same thing if it was for my own brother. I, I mean, at least as far as the brother thing goes. But there were there were there were factors else because they were actually CNN was going to forgive that. They were going to forgive that because they're like, oh, well, I mean, you know, yes, you used our platform to to push uh, a few lies about your brother, but it's your brother. We understand it's family. You're going to take care of family, and uh, we're all about family on the show. So I think. Uh, we can, we can, we can was, also. Glad he was looking out for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was looking out for his yeah. brother. But from what we're seeing, it kind of sounds like both oh. Cuomo brothers look out a little too much for their neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little too much. Uh, yes, Journey. Yeah, uh, Journey wanted to see uh, Chris Cuomo go as well. So, um, <laughs> uh, so this week, uh, after a series of things coming out, uh, sexual misconduct. A, a number of other the other things. Uh, CNN business actually. Uh, this is my this is where I've pulled my source. So if you want the source, message me. I'll send it to you. I'll try to make sure that the links are all available. Um, uh, CNN uh, fires Chris Cuomo. Woo! Um, <clears throat> sorry, I needed to celebrate that, it a little bit. That just moves Don Lemon uh, up the ladder and the uh, rest of it. Uh, not necessarily, and we'll get to that in a minute. Actually, um, <clears throat> so. Uh, CNN said Saturday that uh, the anchor Chris Cuomo has been terminated by the network effective immediately. Uh, the announcement came after outside law firm was retained uh, to review information about exactly how Cuomo aided his brother, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Uh, when the uh, when the then <laughs> governor was accused of sexual harassment. Uh, no, uh, Babylon B. We talked about this before, and I want to give him the credit on this. Uh, I said that the uh, unemployment rate amongst the Cuomo brothers is now 100%. 100%. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, thank you, Laughing Libertarian, for, for reiterating it, too, because <laughs> I, I love it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so CNN had initially just suspended him indefinitely on Tuesday. Uh, but after after so many things came out, Jeff, Jeff Zucker, who, who um, owns and runs uh, CNN, um, Fired him on Saturday because of all the other things that were coming out. Um, he he he's nice he, to see that he played. He paid him for the whole week. He was allowed. He fired to, him on a Saturday, not on a Friday. Yeah, right. You know, didn't want right. to get him. You know, shortchange him on his forty hours. So they allowed him allowed him to make a statement. Uh, um, he, he said he didn't. This is not the way he wanted it to go. Obviously, this is not the way you want it to go when you've been lying about everything, um, including your sexual misconduct. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, it's the way the cookie crumbled for him. Uh, and the, the, to, to further on that, uh, An- Andrew uh, Cuomo, the governor, who we, we talked a little bit about last week as well, uh, he, he had done a, a, a not just the one thing, not just the sexual harassment. He mishandled 
um, things during COVID. Uh, I think now it's finally coming out that people are starting to agree with these things. Um, uh, they're starting to, to realize that uh, the, the, the death toll there, uh, just like in Michigan with Governor Whitmer, um, that, that they made some very poor decisions, that they weren't the bee's knees, they weren't making the right decisions. Um, Did you notice Whitmer's trying her hardest to be moderate right now? So trying so hard. Um, yeah, so Is she uh, up for re-election? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, so she passed the pink tax recently. I don't know if you know what the pink tax is, but she made tampons cheaper. So there's a big win for women and menstruating persons everywhere. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So it's just menstruating people. Persons, yes, people. Uh, people. I'd, would that be you know politically correct? I think uh, that is the current is term, it, menstruating persons. Yes. Persons? Okay, all righty. That, that wasn't something I was up on because I always thought it was women. Yeah, like, last time I checked. But granted, I mean, it's, it's there, there's times there's a few men I've met that have definitely been on a menopause. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Usually, I it's think... one time a month after she's had hers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that the uh, the Cuomo brothers probably uh, um, had their cycles linked together. Um, <laughs> just like their jobs. Just like their jobs. Thank you, Alan. And uh, you know, so. Uh, well, let's just keep in mind. We'll take take a statement from Governor Cuomo: "Promise made, promise kept." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he surely he sure did. Um, so uh, to, to 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 jump into our, our next point, our next uh, topic here um, this week was. Uh, 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 I'm going to give my source first. Uh, uh, according to this Fox News article. Um, Jesse Smollett uh, testified this week uh, to receiving text, uh, texts from CNN's Don Lemon during Chicago police attack investigation. So um, today he was uh, convicted of a hate crime, not not Don Lemon, but um, by Jesse Smollett. So, but this is this is very uh, damning news for for Don Lemon, who's just watched his. Uh, uh, I won't say not co-anchor because they, they they have shows that follow each other. Cohort. Um, yeah, his co-worker. Yeah. I mean, co-worker, 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 co-worker co-heart. Yeah. They um, might have been sharing the heart, so it could have been a co. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he, he, all those things. And he's just watched this, this uh, co-worker get fired uh, for, for almost less, uh, in my opinion. Uh, yes. Because he's, he's, he's involved heavily in this, what I think everyone's seen through <laughs> to be a, a fake uh, attack. You had um, you had two young men um, from Nigeria, I believe, yes. uh, hired to uh, portray young men in MAGA hats and and say something that uh, I don't think any man in a MAGA hat has ever said. Oh, this is MAGA country. <laughs> um, definitely not in Chicago, uh, and, and definitely. I don't. I don't know where the the bleach thing comes in. It confuses me. Um, I don't know, but I I'm just proud that an American finally got an ability to scam a Nigerian prince, right? Like <laughs> all those Nigerian princes scamming little old ladies here in America all those years, and yeah. now an American has finally scammed the, the Nigerian. The tables have turned, sir. <laughs> they know better. We set a precedent now. The the interesting thing to me is, I mean, it's we finally reached the verdict. It's it's taken three years. And it all stemmed from the simple fact is 
I'm getting ready to get fired. I've got to up my game. i got to show that I am truly the king of empire. And unfortunately for him, uh, you know, I don't know what the end result, what the what the judge will finally decide. For sentencing, he, yes. Yeah, for sentencing. Um, he has the opportunity to receive three years. Um, I believe uh, either Fox or Channel 13 was identifying that. Uh, good this local Indiana news stations, by the yes, way. Yes, local Indiana um, said that he would probably wouldn't see any jail time. Yeah, most likely uh, not. But um, yeah, um, I can confirm you know, via this, it's, this Fox it's, News article that um, he, he, they did say that he, he does face uh, up to three years in prison for the, for the set, for said hate crime. Um, and they can make him serve it consecutively. Yeah. They can and, make it up to 15 if they really, for some reason, wanted to. Yeah, it depends it on the judge, I yeah. guess. Um, Real, realistically, I um, do I want to see him serve all of it? I don't know. But. I think there needs to be some. I think when you're generalizing and you're defamating you, the character you, you, of yes. uh, of an entire group, group. any group, you, you have lumped you lumped a specific race, um, people that um, liked the former president, and wanting to claim um, their crimes upon you. I, I voted for the man. I didn't know Smollett from. I knew who he was uh, before he was on the, the Empire show and before he came out. Because he was in the first Mighty Ducks. He was such a bad actor. Um, what did he play in? Yeah, he was he was the one of the kids that uh, that uh, claimed that Banks was a cake eater. He's in the Mighty Ducks movie. So was it first Jesse movie. or his brother? Uh, it's his is his brother. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't he doesn't play because the because uh, the kid who who plays that one he's he's I think I can't remember if he's in the second movie, but but uh, Jesse Smollett's character actually gets replaced by. Um, Keenan Thompson, Thompson and the okay. second one, he's got the knuckle puck, you know the, the knuckle puck. Yes. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, so it is the brother to Jesse. Je- yeah. uh, Jesse was the one that definitely referenced him as cake eater. Uh, I can kind of see where Smollett kind of did not make it into the second one. Um, his character just really kind of well, he was a was, he was, was almost a, a shadow afterthought. I mean, I know he's a, not, it was not, a child actor, to, yeah, but child, but child but actor. but he was still a flat he was still a flat actor, and in uh, I mean I watched Empire if I'm being honest, and it, it was the same there too. It was he was he was a flat actor. I just I didn't get anything out of it with him uh, as far as it acting goes. I just didn't enjoy it. And talking about you know looking at what he did and why it should carry some weight against what charges and you know, what he has to do, you know, um, it's a simple fact that. If we look at any normal charge that could be directed towards someone, if there is hate or racism tied to it, it tax on time. Yes. It tax on penalty. So likewise, if you were going to call in, you know, fake reports and you're going to tack on race and hate, they should just as if it goes the other way, just as it swings the opposite way, you should have to pay extra time for that as well. Yeah. And, I, and I know there is there there is a distinction on on his charges yeah, about being, you know, a racial issue there. But I want to see it carry the same kind of weight as if you did something 
and it was somehow found that it was racially involved or motivated. Yes. And how much time that adds on. I want to see that equally swing the opposite direction. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that, that door needs to, um, that revolving door needs to revolve for whoever, whomever pushes upon it. Because if it goes a white back- person would have done this, would, would the charge, would the, of course, we've got to wait. Yeah. We know a white man would have been convicted also. That's just plain, pure, and simple. So let's just get that out of the way. Yeah, Doesn't absolutely. matter the color of your skin. If you play this game, you're guilty. You've done. Yeah. You've got all the evidence that shows that you were dumb enough to do this. And dumb enough to lie. If you're dumb enough to lie, sooner or later, a lie is going to get you caught. It goes back to my earlier point. Are you a good person or are you a bad person? Yeah. He proved he's a bad person. Yeah. Absolutely. And so now that he's a bad person, he's on the naughty list. He's not getting gifts from Santa this year. No. Convict him. Not, not only to convict him, but sentence him to a what low you can, sulfur yeah. grade of coal. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I'm sure that the the result of that, anybody that actually happened to believe that stupid story, I believe um, there still are people that I believe, believe he's that's telling the truth. Yeah, and and the, that's the unfortunate side effect of that, right? Yeah. Because he's caught, he's put hate in other hate. We talked yeah. about how strong that word is. Yes. Hate in other people's hearts that were were probably even previously being good neighbors. And now they're doing these things that they wouldn't have normally done because they've been influenced. He needs, uh, in my book, he needs to be um, sentenced to the full extent of the law uh, because he's a public figure and he should have known better. Yes, yes. The, the Main so on the basis of the public figure because if we start setting a president, well, we see where things are at in California. It's not working. When another is California. True. (laughs) Um, Most restrictions, but yet you've got people robbing people in broad daylight. Um, You've got, you're probably safer being on set with Alec Baldwin (laughs) than you are being in Los Angeles. I believe that is. Been working at Von Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> J.C. Penny. I, I believe that is a, a, a good, safe analogy. Um, he can only hit you with one bullet at a time with the revolver that he had. Um, Although, if uh, uh, if you uh, his 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 interview earlier this week, um, which I don't have the article here in front of me, but his, on his interview earlier this week, he said he said that he absolutely did not pull the trigger on set. He didn't actually fire a weapon, and I'm like, then why did? Everyone around you say that you did. Uh, I have right. I have seen that type of revolver. Um, there is a video of uh, that you can find on John uh, John Schneider takes a a well basically the same gun and shows that you're not you cannot um, that hammer has to be all the way back for you to pull that trigger. You can pull that. If that hammer's down, you can pull that trigger as many times as you want. It's not going to do anything. But the first rule of gun safety is you don't put your finger on the, you, you just, you don't touch the trigger. Right. Um, well, I guess that's technically the second. Anytime you get a gun, you make sure it's clear. And I, I guess since we treat every weapon as if it's loaded. It, yeah. If you treat every uh. weapon as it's loaded, um, you point it at the ground. Um, despite what uh, some of our political leaders, you know, just point it up in I'd the air say in two shots, it'll scare off anyone. Political representatives. Shotgun. I don't. I um, I, I want to get away from the term 
political leaders. Uh, here's why. Because they well, are. I didn't want to completely yeah. identify him or alienate the individual that made the comment um, strictly yeah. on the basis that this is my political view of the situation. Right. Yeah. I, I just I do want to get away from that term. Political. This is this is my belief. I want to get away from the term because people use political leaders too often nowadays. They are representatives. That was what we fought. Touche. Touche. The Revolutionary I, I War for. Yes. Um, it was taxation without representation. We fought for our representation. We now have representation. So that's what uh, the people, whether they're in Washington, Indiana, Indianapolis, Beach Grove, they need to understand that they were hired by the people and that they are there to represent said people. That's true. Yes, they are not true. there to lead anyone. Well, they are there I, to I, answer I feel- to us. That's their job. But I also believe it's it's in the fashion when when anyone identifies as leaders is they are to to take up the gauntlet to dire, to direct and to um, in essence be the larger be the good father to take hold of his son and his daughter and and walk them through the crowd. I think this we and I believe that's I believe that is where. Anyone that identifies it in that fashion, that is the direction they're looking at it. Yeah, as. unfortunately. And then, and, but unfortunately, yeah. um, the mind of individuals that have received this power and they say they want to help, but all you have to do is look at the amount of time that they've been there and say, how much help have you given? Now, there'll be those that say, oh, they've helped. I'm at a spot now. I'm not libertarian, I'm not Republican, I'm not Democrat. I am patriot. I hate to see anyone destroy this country. It bothers me. We are at a spot in this country that it's, I, I, am, I am frustrated. I, I hate to see the direction. And literally, this story proves where it's at. Now, yeah, right mean, now... Because not only that, but... To- the, uh, the best thing, if Smollett would have came out and said, all right, fine, you has got me. I was getting ready to get fired. And and this is this is what was on, it could have been Inside Edition or on Fox, one of the uh, Fox, NBC. I'm not sure what station was identifying that the report was as he was going to get axed off the show. He's going to get killed off. And then this takes place. Now, I don't know if those two situations had anything to do with each other. I do not know. It, it seemingly sure does seem seem like a coincidence, but it, it, you know, going further that with that, so what what Don Lemon uh, actually texted him was was insider information for Chicago, Chicago Police Department into the incident. Yeah, that they did Their not believe him. Right, um, is what I absolutely. what I had heard. I mean, when you're a journalist, you do get information because you're going to be doling out that information. And so, what position does it put you in if you're going to be doling out information ahead of the curve? I mean, think about it. You're getting breaking when you get breaking news. You're getting, this is obviously information that that person okay. has been well, given then, prior to giving it to you. Um, the news he received, if it's news that he can dwell out to the public, but he says something to Smollett, is he technically wrong in doing? So if he can tell the American public this information, now was this information that he could not share or should not have shared? That we're talking about, or we're talking about a- investigation okay. information. So this is this is information that only as a reporter, he he he's previewed to a lot of information. Okay, that he's not going to even get to share on air. 
but he has to know these things in order to report properly. Unfortunately, he chooses not to. He did try to play clean up a little bit. Um, Don Lemon went as far as to say he, he lied to a lot of people, uh, including me, and that's not cool. But that's not enough cleanup. No. You have given out previewed information, closed book information. You've okay, broken so, the law. Okay, so it was closed book information. It was not information that was going to get shared with the public. Exactly. Um, this is I investigation. Guess you could say I'm kind of playing Chicago devil's advocate Police Department here. investigation information. Okay, so it's it's information that has been identified, but it is it is information that is not to be made public. Right. We're, we're giving you information to kind of let you know the direction we're going in. We are concerned about this. We're not really, things aren't adding up. But, you know, what we're seeing, though, I mean, what we've seen in the last week, week and a half, is everyone on that certain network seems to, as soon as information comes out, they seem to push a barrier between themselves and that person. Have you not noticed that? Like, Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Cuomo, they're like, oh, yeah, um... You know, five minutes ago they were they were buddies, and now it's let's disassociate. And now they're like, "Oh, hey, we're really going to push for this poor guy who was a victim of a hate crime. Oh, he said something that may, that doesn't shade, that kind of throws some shade at me, or doesn't show me in the best light, even though it's the truth. Let's go ahead and disassociate. And it's just anything they're deflecting, 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 and that that is a never that is never a good look. It's like we talked about out. last week, you know, snake eating its own tail. I was one of the good ones just before they get their head bitten off and you know it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter and they what they don't realize is they keep placating to the same the same snake uh, that they've watched their buddies heads get that your time is coming. The guillotine is coming, bud. And right. so you either play the game right and start being truthful and and Put everything out on the table for us to all hear and see. Just keep in mind that you can know the ramifications of your action, but it could still bite. It could still bite. You know what really got me on this whole thing, though? I'm going to be honest with you. Was we're in the Midwest, obviously. We've talked about Indianapolis. We love this city. We love this this part of the country. Yes, we do. Chicago is the bluest area in the Midwest. Period. I mean, if you pull up any kind of polling statistics in Chicago, you can actually pull up individual neighborhoods were blue and red, depending on how they voted in the last election. Okay, what is the likelihood you're walking around Chicago, Chicago, and you're going to run into people wearing MAGA hats, period, right? And let alone, those people are going to be so emboldened that they are going to attack you. Like, this story is so ridiculous, given the city it's in. We're not talking about a red city. We're not talking about a suburb. We're talking about inner city Chicago, the bluest city in the Midwest, and then you have the nerve to say that this happened in that city. Yeah. Could you imagine these men? Just just picture this. These men walking down the street, rope in hand, MAGA hat on, just just walking. How many blocks do they walk holding nooses? Right? Holding a noose. Before they're they're going to get shot. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? This, yeah. none of this they're getting close. shot. Yeah. Well, they're getting yeah. shot, not only shot there, they're getting shot in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. They're getting shot at. Uh, while they're in the hospital because because the guns are everywhere, even though they've got some of the tightest gun laws in the country. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, they are actually third, third or fourth on the list. of um, And that was on a news report actually today. California has the strictest Send gun me laws. those links because I want to put them in our... Um, um, actually, I believe Stu can bring that up. I believe it was it, either on... I'm wanting to say it was on Fox... 
um, WXIN Fox News Sterling. Today. Sterling. Yes, Sterling. Sir. I am so sorry. See, I am. I good apologize with faces. to our executive producer. I'm good with faces, not with names. Yeah. Um, don't worry, Alan. I won't call you Hal. <laughs> That's okay. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, much like um, Silver, he's Sterling. So Sterling. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I will say though, and I kind of said a little bit earlier though. One great thing about Jesse Smollett. We have to say one good thing, right? We, we, we didn't really give him a solid compliment sandwich. It was really open-faced. Yeah. Was that he's an equitable, equitable employer. I mean, absolutely, right? Yeah. I mean, what other guy would look at the positions he wants to hire and hire two immigrant minorities to play the role of white guys when he could very well hire white guys? I mean, that's, that's, really, <laughs> exactly. that's really digging deep and doing the right thing by yeah. today's standards. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> completely, completely. No, yeah. to um, just kind of echoing on this whole deal. It just kind of <laughs> runs to okay, journey. She's it runs getting to her where points we're as well. at, and it, it's a shame that those at Capitol Hill, those in the media, and then we've got other groups that just want to echo um, hate, and it just it it's so overwhelming. Are there issues? Yes, and we're trying to work through them. Is the system perfect? No. But if you want a better system, then be part of the solution and not part of the problem. If if we look at how crime works, we're going to look for the areas where crime is because those neighborhoods say we want a larger police presence. So we put more police there. And then people complain. And as I was saying, that police presence enters into the communities. And then when crimes take place, then who gets pulled over? Who gets anyone that's fleeing those areas? And then they're like, well, it's because I'm whatever the situation may be is the reason why I'm being pulled over. It's like, okay, we've got crime in the area. We're looking for x we're looking for y in a vehicle well guess what you're z because x and y equals z it's interesting you bring that up because i've actually went through the process to become a police officer in this city and a part of the interviewing process i don't know what i'm giving away not trying to give anything away or affect anything there but part of that interview at least mine was that i actually had to sit down and they said okay this is the situation you look the way you look talking about me, you're an officer, you get a report that people who don't look like you in a, in a red vehicle have robbed a gas station. Okay, you were in the neighborhood, it's in your area, so you find a car that looks exactly like that. You pull those people over. You walk up, you do your due diligence. They start yelling at you, saying that you are profiling them. How do you respond? It's like, well, I mean, this is... Unfortunately, the car you're driving matches the description of the car that we're looking for. And we had two males that look like you as far as the description. So I have to check everything. And they said, okay, what if they're not happy? What if they start yelling at you? What if they get confrontational with you? And it's like, well, at some point we have to cut that off and just say, look, to keep everyone safe in this neighborhood, including you, I have to be able to rule you out. Now I've done my work. I've ruled you out. Would you like to carry on and, and move on about your day? while I go try to find the people we're looking for? Or are we going to have to look into something, a different crime? 
Exactly. Okay, and, and that's really – in those situations, I always typically I, – I say this all the time. I go, why don't we look at the victims? The people that you're looking for in a neighborhood are victimizing people in that neighborhood. Okay? It doesn't matter what color they are. Statistically, white people commit more crimes against white people than any other race. Yeah. Black people commit more crimes against black people than any other race. Hispanic people, the same. The only race that doesn't commit – more crimes against their own than another race are Asian people, statistically speaking. Okay? Now, I'm not saying anyone's better. That's because they're too busy passing math tests. They're amazing at everything (laughs) they touch. So not not saying anyone's better or worse than anybody else. I'm just saying, statistically speaking, you're more likely as a white person to fall into committing a crime against another white person and so on and so forth. Right? Exactly. So why aren't we looking at the victims when we look at, you know, a case where – you know, said person, there's a reason why the police are there. Let's be honest, okay? It's not because this is a bad neighborhood. It's when someone calls the police. The police are not just sitting there going, hey, I want my job to be really hard and I want to do a whole lot of paperwork and possibly get in a gunfight tonight. Yeah. That's not how the mentality works. Exactly, it's, no. I want to clock in. I want to do my job. I and want I everything want to go, go home well, to my family. And I want to go home, right? Nobody wants an extra hard day at work. No one wants to potentially go to the ER because you've been shot or may not make it home at all. Exactly. Okay. So here's the thing. They're there for a reason. So someone calls, says, hey, I'm a victim of a crime. Such and such happened. This is what the person looks like. Well, because we know, statistically speaking, that people of a given race typically commit crimes against people in their own race because they live close to each other. They know each other in a neighborhood that typically happens. So why don't we ever look at the victim of the crime? Instead, we look at the criminal who then has an altercation with the police officer. We never double back and say, well... This person is not a victim of police brutality. They are a criminal, and here is the victim. Here is the victim of them. Here is their victim. Yeah. No, we cut them out altogether, and they should have the privacy. I I completely agree. You shouldn't put them on on stage. But when you look at these things, just as we saw with the lady who was killed by the teenager who was killed by the officer who was stabbing another lady, right? Exactly. Before we had the full story, we saw police officer shoots and kills teenage girl. Exactly. Then we get the whole video. Well. Oh, it's still awful that he killed that person. Shouldn't he have been able to stop her without shooting and killing her? Well, why don't we go talk to the lady who was in the act of being stabbed by this yeah, lady, right? Exactly. So at that point, wouldn't you want your life to be saved by a police officer possibly killing this person? This person is not a victim of police brutality. I know I would want them to. As, as yeah. much as they're... I'm pretty sure I don't want an extra hole in me at all. Right, I got I don't enough. Want, I, don't I was given all the ones I wanted, yeah. and I made a few modifications. Yes. That was on my own. Yes. <laughs> so that's that's only where I'm looking at is the neighborhoods that the have most heavily policed. They're not heavily policed because of any other reason that they have then they have the most calls there. So to shorten the response time to save a victim's life or a victim's livelihood, they police heavily there. And then you have people saying, "Oh, well, it's because they're wanting to oppress people in the area." No, no. it's just no. where are the crimes? If you looked at a map that showed where all the 911 calls are coming in, whether that's downtown whether that's, you know, that's, I mean, look at residential areas. There are some. Yeah. But look where businesses are. If there are a lot of businesses being robbed, I mean, burglarized, whatever is going on in that area, you are going to see a police presence. Yes, Journey, Journey's telling me, hey, you, yes. you beat this to a pulp. Yeah. Uh, it, well, and to drive that point home, uh, yes, Journey, we are we are about to close. Uh, she's wanting, She is wanting her treats real bad. It's, it's Yes, it's dinner time. So... Uh, you were talking about one of the situations is getting pulled over because this person happened to match the description. I actually had this happen. Believe it or not, this happened to me. 
Uh, it's actually happened twice. Once went very swiftly. I actually still caught a speeding ticket because I was speeding. I'm going to be honest. I was speeding. Um, <laughs> and the other time, uh, the, it was it was a little rougher. I mean, I had to exit the vehicle. I was padded down. Um, that, But the police officer, I complied with everything the police officer, because he was doing his job. He was doing his job. I, I mean, I looked like someone in the area who committed a violent crime to my knowledge. And I'm like, you know what? He's going to rule me out. Let's get through this. He'll figure out that I'm not a bad guy. Uh, I didn't have to. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the worst yeah. case scenario is always fight it out in court. Don't fight it out on the street. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wasn't mistreated in any way, shape or form. And either because with the first one, I was speeding. So he had a reason to pull me over to begin with. And the second time, uh, I was like, why am I being pulled over? I know I wasn't speeding this time, um, but I, I matched the description. I looked like someone in the area. and um, Supposedly I, was driving a little car, <sighs> and it was he's driving a Neon, and then later on it comes back that it's a Nissan, not a Neon. <laughs> so that throws that one out. Um, I did. I did have another situation in Illinois where I, I, I think I experienced illegal search and seizure, but uh, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> right, right here in Beach Grove, I, I got pulled over for following a, an older gentleman a little too close one morning, and ended up with a gun in my face. That was oh, great. Uh, and it was the officer just pulled me over. You know, I, I was going through the process at the time. Pulls me over, and I say, "Hey, your my hands were already out. Car was off. License, registration, gun permit in hands. Hands out the window. Right. I want to make sure I'm as visible as possible." Comes up, I told him right where the gun is on my hip. Here's all my information. It's right here on my hip. He immediately pulls his gun and puts it in my face and says, if these hands move, you're going to have a bad day. And I'm like, he's a young guy, young officer, jumpy. First thing, doesn't give him any permission to put his gun on my face. No, not in the least. Slightly different for me. But there's still just a, hey, buddy, I'm letting you know where it is, and here's all the information. I'm volunteering everything. If you'd like to take it off my hip, feel free. So it was just, it was, yeah. nothing happened. He ran it, came back, said, hey, get off the rear end of everybody. Yeah, and uh, what happened with me was um, just actually dissimilar. I mean, I did, I, I did match the description. I did get patted down. I did the whole thing. My gun was clipped onto the front of my belt, um, but my hands were on the steering wheel. Um, and I don't know if that's what made the difference. Uh, with my hands being on the steering wheel, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I don't know. I've heard it both ways. Yeah, yeah. and but it to that point, it, it it my hands were visible. I had my I made sure I had my dome light on. It was kind of it was quite early in the morning. I wanted to make sure that this officer knew that I was going to do everything. I I wanted to clear my name. I, I'm not <laughs> if I'm matching a description. I want to say innocent, innocent, please <laughs> let me know. Um, yeah, so I think uh, we'll, we'll we'll close it right there. We'll get we'll get down to the nitty gritty. We're going to close with a prayer. Yes. Um, make sure we mention uh, um, Don and his wife. Don and prayers, his wife. And um, we'll make sure that we mention Louie. Yes. Well. All righty. Blessed Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we could come together for this broadcast, Lord. We just uh, we had a wonderful time. We just pray that those that are watching will enjoy it just as much as we do and will uh, engage with the conversation and comments. And, Lord, we just ask uh, that you, as the great physician that you are, we would like for you to intervene in the surgery for Don's wife. We know that uh, you can do exceedingly abundantly above whatever we could ask, Lord. And as Louis continues through his process of healing, 
We know that you can that your grace and mercy is in abundant fashion for each and every one of us, Lord. We just ask that you give that to him. Uh, be with his wife, Norma, as uh, she plays nurse to her husband that she loves. We know that at times we, as uh, as partners in a relationship, we can be difficult at times when we're hurting. So just uh, give her an extra amount of grace and mercy as uh, she plays nurse to her husband. And Lord, we just ask as we adjourn from this time of uh, this podcast to take us home safely and let us return again next week for a great show once again. We ask all of this in Jesus' blessed and holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. Yeah, this has been Faith, Family, and Politics. Thanks for joining us. Once again, I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. To my left here is Alan McFarland. Uh, host of uh, a new show launching next month. Laughing Libertarian show next month. Yep. Hope to see you guys there. Uh, and across from me is my father, Gary Moore. Hey, you guys take care and turn into my YouTube channel for Word from the Word on More with the More. More on the More. More on the You more. would think you would... Uh, You'd uh, know your own YouTube channel. That's yeah. like knowing your own phone number. You don't yes. call yourself. <laughs> no, I don't call myself. So, yeah. yeah. So when any, everyone asks that question, it's like, hold on, let me get my phone. Yeah. Like, I'll make up. sure and post those links to our Faith, Family, and Politics page. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. See you next time. Bye.